Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, you know the name, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. In June, Libro FM is launching their Kids Club and YA Club, which will offer select audiobooks priced at under $10 each month, as well as their summer listening challenge. Each person to finish will get free audiobook credit and the chance to win free audiobooks for a year. If you complete the challenge, you'll get extra credit. Listeners of When in Romance podcast can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code BR3. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you are supporting local bookstores. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, my favorite place to talk about romance. I don't know if it's yours, Trisha. Uh, it pretty much is and will always be. Absolutely. I'm Jess. And I am Trisha. <laughs> yeah, we are excited to have you all here. Oh, I'm excited to have you here, Jess, and also anyone who wants to listen along. Uh, well, yeah, definitely. Same. I am very excited to hang out with you again. Well, thank you so much. And speaking of people who we are excited uh, to have listening along, we actually do have a couple of little follow-up things. Um, the first that we wanted to make sure to mention to everyone is that Book Riot has uh, – I never know how to pronounce this Harry Potter term. It's in the headline of the, <laughs> the book, Avada Kedavra. 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 Avada Kedavra. Great. Anyway, we have nixed the <laughs> comment section. Is the is the very uh, TLDR too long? Didn't read? Didn't listen? Uh, <laughs> version of that um, for a few different reasons. One of the main ones being that um, we would be uh, having to introduce ads above our comments that we wouldn't have any control over. Um, mm-hmm. We have decided site wide. Um, our editorial direction has been that we are going to eliminate comments. Um, it really is the best way forward for the site. But we do know that many of our wonderful When in Romance listeners have been engaging with us and with the podcast via the comments section. Uh, mm-hmm. So we wanted to just give you that heads up so that we could tell you to find us on Twitter or Instagram or over email. Um, if you just want to even just go to the show notes, click on our email addresses, send us a note. Um, we can potentially engage uh, even via podcast and let folks know uh, what we are hearing in the email comment section, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, and definitely, if you have been one of our um, our folks who have been engaging through the comments, definitely continue to reach out to us. You've definitely sent me in the direction of some new books to try out. And uh, I selfishly want that to continue. So yeah, huge agree. Huge agree. <laughs> so if you are okay with reaching out to us outside of the Book Riot platform, please feel free to do so. Yeah, we would love it. We also wanted to, I actually, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say we because this is not Jess's fault at all. When we were talking about <laughs> romance cons and book cons uh, in our last episode, one of the main reasons that I um, had even thought to bring that up is because the wonderful romance genre con, which is sponsored through the Mid-Continent Public Library, is uh, scheduled again for this year for Friday and Saturday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, gosh, April 1st through 3rd. Um, it's a fantastic lineup of authors, including some of our favorites, including Alyssa Cole and Farrah Roshan. Um, Sierra Simone will be there. Uh, as a reminder, this is sponsored by um, a library in, I believe, the Kansas City area. I think that's correct. Midcontinent, I believe, is the Kansas City area. And since you said it's in April. August. Did it happen? August. Did I say you, April? Gosh. You said April. I was like, is this 2020? <laughs> I'm in mountain time. Like, apparently the mountain air is now getting to my brain. Uh, so my apologies. It is August for second and third. I have like two brothers that have birthdays in that time span, and yet I still don't know what month it is. Um, <laughs> and it's free, and it involves a writing conference on the first of August, uh, and just uh, events for romance readers. It's just a cool thing, and you do need to sign up ahead of time and register. But registration is open, and we will make sure that the link is in the show notes. Um, so. Yeah, just a huge thanks to Emily uh, with them for letting us know. If you have events like that that um, would be helpful for us to let folks know about, please don't hesitate because free romance conferences are cool for everybody. Yeah, they are. And finally, I will say that in our last episode, um, I mispronounced the name of Annika Klein, who is uh, one of our colleagues and contributors. And uh, I think I said Annika, and I've been feeling guilty about it ever since. So I was going to mention it here just so that there would be a public apology. And I will apologize for not noticing that you said it wrong. <laughs> yes, thank you for thank you for jumping under the bus with me, Jess. <laughs> that is what makes you a wonderful co-host. <laughs> oh, I do what I can. Um, all right. Well, now that we've done our updates, do you want to do a, a quick uh, ad spot for us? I do. So thank you for sponsoring this episode. Um, this time will be different by Misa Segura. I really hope I said that correctly. CJ's never lived up to her mom's ambition, and she's perfectly happy just helping her aunt Hannah at their family's flower shop. She doesn't buy into Hannah's ideas about flowers and their hidden meanings, but when it comes to floral arrangement, CJ discovers a, sil a skill she can be proud of. Then her mom decides to sell the shop to the family who swindled CJ's grandparents when Japanese Americans were sent to internment camps during World War II. Soon a rift threatens to splinter CJ's family, friends, and their entire community. And for the first time, CJ has found something she wants to fight for. So uh, thank you to Epic Reads, and this time will be different for offering out this um, moving novel about very timely topics and also something that's happy and heartwarming with all of the timely topics that are happening. So once again, that's um, this time will be different. If you're interested in learning more, you can go 
on Twitter and check check out Epic Reads and also Facebook and Instagram. Same thing. Epic Reads. This time will be different by Misa Segura. Excellent. All right. We're now we're in the we're in the thick of the show at this point. We've done an ad spot. We're we're gonna get all the names right from here on out. Here on out. Which now we're gonna be at the top of our game, which is important because it's time to play uh, our least favorite game, which is uh. guess which person who sucks sucks even more than we thought. Even more. And the answer, as it sometimes is, is Nicholas Sparks. You guessed it. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was sort of a harmless kind of sucking originally, but now that guy, the expletive deleted, there's a lot of not being great. There's a lot of not being great. That's that's a great way to put it, Trisha. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out uh, Nicholas Sparks, who is not a romance author, but sometimes is considered one and who my bas- my big objection with him has always been that he has no problem speaking ill of the romance community while taking their money exactly (laughs) um yeah and while using all of their money to build his nap room (laughs) but as it turns out he's actually even worse than we thought so uh nicholas sparks who runs the epiphany school which is a christian academy in north carolina um has i would you know we'll link to the daily beast article that did this reporting in the show notes but there are emails um that have been turned over and he has had some real problems with being racist and uh, not inclusive of all sexualities. So I think just to say homophobic would be sort of too limiting in some ways. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's not great. Uh, He specifically talks about how what a burden it is to him to have to try to, you know, consider issues of discrimination. Um, He yeah, he I don't know. You read this as well, Jess. I yes. like, I don't even know which thing to focus on because it's all such garbage. I don't know. And uh, let's start out with if if you're listening to this and like Daily Beast, why are we trusting the Daily Beast? This is these emails didn't just like get sent secretly to the Daily Beast. They came out as evidence in a lawsuit um, that was brought to Sparks and the Board of Trustees of the Epiphany School, basically. Um, from the former leader of the school. Yeah, the former headmaster. And uh, he was basically pushed out and maligned by Nicholas Sparks and the rest of the trustees of, of whom he is the chair. He might, he might not still be the chair, but he definitely was five years ago when all of this started. And, uh, if I can break it down to the the three big uh, no's, um, racism, antagonism towards non-straight sexualities, like, it's really clear in his writing. And I'm just going to say it, there seems to be a touch of anti-Semitism because the headmaster is Jewish, or the former headmaster is Jewish, and some of the things that Nicholas Sparks says to him about the his leadership not acting in tr- Christian capacity feel feel kind of like really antagonizing and not in his wholesome Christian way that he's saying that he is. Um, but so the the breakdown of it is that the headmaster had some had some goals um, or as Nicholas Sparks put it in his email an agenda um, for sort of changing the culture of the school, which included 
increasing the amount of diversity because there was a very small number of um, black students, even though the county where New Bern is, is 40% black, um, and helping the students of non-straight sexualities, whatever those may be, uh, anything under the LGBTQ spectrum, feel welcome and feel part of the community and feel accepted. And he just uh, yeah. did not... <laughs> Yeah. Did not approach that in a loving Christian manner. Yeah, it's um, a lot, and a lot of this stuff is just—it's incredibly damning. I mean, I'm reading directly from one of the emails that the Daily Beast published, where it says, uh, "Also, remember we've had this is a quote. Remember we've had gay students before, many of them. Tom handled it quietly and wonderfully, and the students considered themselves fortunate. I expect you to do the same." Unquote. Like I don't. Yeah, the idea that students should feel grateful for being able to be there and have like this is essentially don't ask don't tell except it's like don't ask don't tell was not appropriate in the 90s no it's absolutely not appropriate now no are you what are you doing and just the way that he kind of addresses all of this as being so burdensome to have Mm -hmm. to at one point he says i don't have time for this like i (laughs) And I'm like, really? Uh, is this keeping you from your nap room? Like, what are you talking about? But anyway. You rocked the boat. Like, I feel like he actually said what something similar, because I'm not reading directly from it like Trisha is. Um, I had to close it, close it away after I took all of my notes. Uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> very fair. But yeah, it's like, yes, these students have to be, you know, they, they should feel grateful that we don't hate them. Even though they were bullied and reported being bullied. Like, I can't. And that's just the LGBT students. Like, he talks about the lack of diversity and how the headmaster wanted that to change. But honestly, if I were a student or a parent who was Black living in New Bern, I wouldn't want to go or send my child to Epiphany School of Global Studies because it sounds like the worst place to be for a black student. When the board, when the chairman of the board of trustees says it's, it's not about Jim Crow, it's the culture because they wouldn't be able to swing it basically is what he said. Yeah. And there is another kind of underlying comment or discussion in the second set of emails uh, dated November 17th, uh, where he talks about how kind the school is. And again, and that really stuck out to me. Uh, And this is a quote again. Frankly, we were good there. Uh, It has been since its founding a kind school where everyone is kind. In fact, the kindest school I've ever visited. There has not, for instance, been a single fight in eight years at the school. And unquote. But that that that's just, again, such a kind of like passive nefarious way to be racist or homophobic mm-hmm. or discriminatory, I guess. I, just because as if you can't be a bad person and not get in a fight. Like, have you <laughs> never met like the have you never met the people I went to middle school with? Come on. Like I never got in a fight. That doesn't mean there was not 
bullying problems and mm-hmm. all sorts of other issues. I don't know. I it, well, we can leave it for folks to take a look at this stuff for themselves. I appreciate you pointing out that this is um yeah, not just the Daily Beast like randomly calling emails, but this is there's an actual <laughs> lawsuit here. But it actually has started to trickle over and impact the romance community because Nicholas Sparks is being painted as a romance author. Mhm. I mean, there was a lot of conversation when this um this article broke um about how a lot of people were harping on the fact that they mentioned him being a romance author several times inst- and uh, leaned onto that as opposed to the whole bigotry and antagonism towards LGBTQ people and it's you know we have to remember that as much as we want to poke at people who call Nicholas Sparks a romance author because they don't know any better, the rest of it is much worse. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? Like, I've, to be frank, I have had no problem with referring to Nicholas Sparks as a romance author in the past, partly because he doesn't like it. And I think he hates it. It's, he tries to set himself aside as being just more literary, you know, and more gifted as a writer. And so I hate the idea that he thinks he's better as if there is a better some of the romance writers who are writing right now are some of the best writers who are writing fiction at all so you know that's just to say like generally in the past i'm like whatever call him whatever you want i don't care Mm -hmm. Um, but in this case for an entire community of writers who get painted with the same brush and have people say things you know to the general direction of well, what else would you expect from a romance writer mm-hmm. is is harmful to the to the larger community um and and generally probably is even more toxic to those folks who are writers of color who are l g b t q plus writers and I don't know that guy just sucks, yeah, like sometimes I wish we could just like pr- forget he ever existed and let him like fall off into obscurity and have to sell his house with his nap room and move into with some black family in Newburn to be able to survive. But unfortunately he is a mediocre straight white man and therefore he will continue to succeed and be successful and make gobs of money off of his very non-diverse very run-of-the-mill, non-romance love stories that don't involve the taming of a man. Oh, yeah. Do you want to explain that comment? (laughs) I don't actually know its origin. I tried to find it. But at the end of the Daily Beast article, they talk about how um, Sparks doesn't consider himself a romance author because romance novels are trite and he writes love stories and the romance novel is just at its core about the taming of a man i mean yeah it's better than taming a freaking shrew yeah i think it yeah it may have been in the faq section of his site which i wouldn't be surprised if they have taken down in the meantime (laughs) but you know you don't have to look that hard to find uh some of the negative things that he has said generally about the romance community and again while still having no problem taking the money of people who read romance so anyway nicholas sparks not the best not the best take home um but the good news is we can direct you towards some ways to uh support other better people but first i will hop on and do an ad spot we'll change the tone here jess we'll okay we'll, we'll shift in a new direction 
Let's do it. So this episode of When in Romance is also sponsored by Fix Her Up by New York Times bestselling author Tessa Bailey. The book is also published by Avon. She is looking to do some updates to to make some updates to her interior. He is ready to flip his whole lifestyle. Love wasn't in the blueprints. Georgia Castle ditched her family's renovation business to become a children's party planner, and no one's taken her seriously since. Determined to prove she's not a joke, she enlists the help of Travis Ford, notorious ladies' man, ex-pro baseball player, and her brother's best friend, because who better to help her demolish her little girl image? For Travis, having Georgia around is good for him and his career. She's basically America's sweetheart. But all too soon, he realizes that the girl he used to tease is definitely not a kid anymore. And there's nothing fake about how much he wants her. So we have the brother's best friend trope. We have the fake dating trope because Georgia and Travis pretend to date. Uh, Georgia's using Travis to demolish her image and Travis is using Georgia to, you know, improve his bad boy image. Uh, there is plenty of heat. Tessa Bailey is famous for writing very hot scenes in her romances, so don't let the illustrated cover fool you. She delivers some of her hottest romance yet in this book. It is a rom-com. The book is a romance, but it's also very funny. It's very easy to picture it as a rom-com movie with the witty dialogue, the meddling best friends and siblings, and all the shenanigans Georgie and Travis find themselves getting into. It's also, and this is always one that's key for me, the first book in a series. So Tessa Bailey loves a good romantic trilogy, and you won't want to miss the first one. It's the first in a series, so read it while it's hot. Huge thanks again to Fix Her Up by Tessa Bailey, which is published by Avon, uh, for sponsoring this episode of When in Romance and for uh, putting us in a a happier trajectory than a bunch of dummies who uh, have nap rooms. Yes. Thank you to Fix Her Up. I'm looking forward to checking that one out Um, because, you know, fake dating. Mm Mm-hmm. Fake dating. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I don't even have to move beyond I was going to say, that's, yeah, that in and of itself is probably, if, if at any point they get stuck in an elevator, Jess, you, you might never read anything else ever again. Oh, no, no. No recovery. It will be over. Uh, all right. So we talked about people who we should not support in romance. Maybe we should talk about some people we should. Let's. And you know, one thing that um, Trisha and I have never talked about, not that I recall, maybe we have in passing, but never as a topic here is that that thing that I should have practiced saying before, because I've said it in three different ways. Um, And it is Patreon or Patreon or Patreon. Which one is it, Trisha? (laughs) I think it's Patreon. Uh, Patreon. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the first. I that is how I have always pronounced it. Uh, and so, yeah, I, 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 you know what? Let's go with that. And if we're wrong, I'm sure that we'll hear about it. I'm gonna say Patreon because I've I don't know where I got Patreon from, but it sounds weird. So Patreon. Um, and there are organizations, groups, shops, people who use P- Patreon to support either themselves or their business or people who need support from them, um, organizations, affiliations, anything like that. And we thought we'd, in- we'd give some to you to support and um, provide some assistance to and 
one of the benefits of Patreon is you occasionally get something back. It could be a special access to a story or some other kind of content. It could be a chat or um, book club. It could be swag. Like the various people who run their own, who have their Patreon set up, um, have found ways to really connect with the people who are supporting them from various levels of support. You can do it. Um, if you're not familiar with it, you can set up a monthly payment of a dollar to go to them or anything up as high as you want. And it goes straight to the person who you are a patron for, um, probably through some channels. Um, and they get some support. So anything else to add to that, Trisha? All I will say is that um, I so I have not had a Patreon, so I can't speak to it. But I, I think some of us and I should say I should speak more in the first person. I know I um, have hesitated sometimes because it doesn't feel like a dollar a month is very much or it doesn't feel like three dollars a month, which usually the first few levels are one, three and five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like it's a lot. But at the same time, I think, first of all, $12 over the course of a year is not nothing, especially if there are enough people who are giving a single dollar. Um, so keep that in mind. It actually does mean something, you know, when it's all added up for the folks that you are uh, patroning, patroning. Um, <laughs> and it also, I think it, it helps their overall numbers go up. And there's something cool about that too, right? I think we all get excited to know that we have the support of people out in the world. And if the way that you show your support is with a dollar a month, then that's amazing. It still shows people in a very real way that you're supporting what they're doing and you appreciate what they're doing. And so um, I guess I would just say, as we are listing off a few options, don't hesitate to check them out because you are uh, a little strapped for cash at the moment. Um, Mm A dollar a month really can make a difference. um, And your support really makes a difference for a lot of these folks. So just keep that in mind. Absolutely. So let's start with the first one I um, often, well, don't, I don't often talk about, but I have mentioned before in kissing books, at least, and that is the ripped bodice. Um, as you might recall, the ripped bodice is the first, no longer the only, but the first romance dedicated, um, bookstore in the country. And they do amazing things and they sell a lot of books that sometimes you can only find in print there. Um, you can find that you can order them on Amazon if you want, but why not instead support an indie bookshop that will, um, offer you a print book of something that might be POD, um, print on demand. Mm -hmm. And they offer things like custom book recommendations and access to content and photos that they don't share or they might share early. And um, it's it's a, a bit easier on the bookshelves and the budget than, say, um, doing what I do, which is having a quarterly online shopping spree. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you can support them even if you don't live in the Los Angeles area, which is great. 
that is an excellent example. Uh, another one that I know that we have talked about on the podcast is WC in Romance. So the Women of Color in Romance uh, Patreon, which is a fantastic option. It's there are there's a good variety of options on that one too. So there's free book club membership. The WC and Romance Patreon picks a new book club every month. Um, I know because I actually am part of that one that you get emails and you get to vote and it's actually super fun. Uh, I often feel really guilty because I don't have time to vote. And then I realize it's actually okay. Like you can still give somebody <laughs> again, like another tip, you can still give someone money and not engage of all of the things and and it's still fine but yeah so if you are there's like i said there's the book club membership there's if you pay a little more you have the opportunity to vote on the books in the book club there is um interviews and q a's with different authors there is if you get to a high enough level um actual free content coming from a variety of the different authors and uh rebecca weatherspoon is the uh driving force behind that site and you know she puts a lot of work into it so it's um i think valuable and helpful to uh, remind everybody that you support that work and remind yourself that you support that work and invest in it. Um, Much like the Ripped Bodice was sort of a trailblazer in the indie romance bookstore movement. uh, Rebecca's done some really incredible work in helping connect people with, gosh, it's got to be thousands at this point of titles Mm -hmm. through the wcinromance.com site. So yeah, that's another great example. We will make sure that we're linking to all of these in the show notes. Yes, yes, they will be there. You don't have to go back and try to remember what we're saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. A couple that you might uh, want to check out that aren't the same, but will offer similar content are LGBTQ Reads and the Lesbury. Um, those are both m- more general um, sites. They they both have websites and Twitter accounts and all of that that offer recommendations and reviews of a lot of queer content, um, a lot of queer bookish content, but they also are both very good at covering queer romance, um, which we don't quite have the WOC in romance version of that at that works as often as LGBTQ reads and the Lesbury quite yet. Um, if we do let me know, cause I'd love to support them. Um, Absolutely. so yeah. So LGBTQ reads, um, is run by author Dolly Adler. So she is a very, very busy person and they have lots of levels that you can join that, um, includes access to everything from a thank you to um, author-driven content, like get to know a certain author um, or lists or um, actual books. So it's, it's pretty, pretty good collection that you, you get, or you don't have to get, like Trisha was saying, you can just like set up to let them get some money to support whatever costs they're um they're working on and then you know just let it go or take advantage of it whatever your schedule allows at any given point and i'm glad you mentioned the lesbury as well because um that is a site that i use on a regular basis yeah it's it's really useful <laughs> yeah and we should probably uh disclose that danica ellis is um a book riot contributor also but we still would have shouted out that 
Patreon, uh, even if she wasn't. I don't mm-hmm. have it pulled up. Do you have any of her uh, benefits in front of you, Jess, how the uh, Patreon for that one works? So um, the Lesbrary also has exclusive um, access to lists and you can get shout outs um, in their videos. Um, they also have offer handwritten items and access to um, interesting content. So, yeah, lots of good stuff that you either get um, exclusive or early access to. Yeah. Uh, and we mentioned that um, Danica is a part of the Book Riot team, but we would recommend her blog anyway. Another person whose blog we would have recommended, I'm sorry, Patreon, we would have recommended anyway is the uh, Smart Podcast Trashy Books Patreon from Sarah Wendell, which is a little bit of log rolling because Jess and I just we were guests on that podcast, but we mm-hmm. would have recommended it anyway. Um, yes. We recorded – we're recording this on the 13th of June and we recorded last weekend. I think it will go up maybe sometime in July. Um, but anyway, like like we said, we would have um, – Sarah is so great and has been doing this for so long. We would have mentioned this one as well anyway. Uh, and the first tier of that one um, gets you, you know, access to some of the behind the scenes uh, outtakes and mayhem, uh, as well as the highest of high fives. If you go to further down the line, mm-hmm. I mean, the highest of high fives should be enough. But if yes. it's not, you go further down the line, um, you get uh, access to the suggestion box. Um, you can get a personal thank you note uh, along with random compliments at the end of the show, which is lovely. Uh, <laughs> exclusive early access to digital swag. Uh, if you keep going, you can get postcards and um, exclusive access to, uh, again, digital swag featuring the ladies. Um, so that one kind of continues on down as well. Uh, and so, yeah, it's Sarah, like we said, has been doing this for a really long time. We don't tend to do a lot of um, interviews and, and author or book focus on this site, but uh, Sarah does. And that's another site, actually, that I use all the time when I'm looking for, uh, you know, different resources and different books about whatever I'm interested in at the time. Excellent. I'm going to run through three more because I am an overachiever and went, <laughs> went for the A plus on this assignment. And you got it. And um, those are two two groups that we really appreciate and love and talk about. And one new entity that we just want to make sure gets as much love and support as they can so they can keep going. Um, that new entity is what I'll start with. And that's Love's Sweet Arrow, which is the Chicagoland area's new romance bookstore. They are they just opened this weekend as as of your listening on Monday. Um, and their Patreon is really something that will help them out. Um, if you don't recall, they ran a Kickstarter, which they did not successfully complete, but decided to just go with it anyway um, and open their storefront and start selling romances and sharing their love with their um, neighbors. And this is just another way to support another regional bookstore if you can't get to them or um, just don't quite have it in you to get more books to buy in in your house. Yeah, good tip. You don't have to go to Chicago to, f- to support Love Sweet Arrow. That's right. Um, so that's Love Sweet Arrow. And uh, 
Also, I wanted to throw out Love in Panels, which is near and dear to my heart, even though I've never written for them. I love everything that they write. Uh, They started out just writing about romance comics, and now they also talk about romance novels. And I get way too many books that I have to add to my list from their reviews and lists and posts and tweets and all of that. So check out Love in Panels. Um, Check out their page. Now I've forgotten how to say it completely. Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's nice that you're giving equal opportunity to all of the different pronunciations. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one that I want to throw out that actually I did not mention a Trisha because I only found out they have one because they support one of the other Patreons that I was talking about as I was scrolling through is Romance Class. Um, and they are the only group producing content that I've mentioned here, but, um, they do so many good things. They run their own photo shoots. They publish all of their books themselves and they just, I would love to support them. And I think you would too. And if you, you get lots of feels but also access to things that they produce. Um, so that's Romance Class, and they have a Patreon, and you should check them out. And if there is a Patreon that you support, that you love, that you think other people should know about, let us know, and we'll try to share those out as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great uh, suggestion. And I, yeah, something that you were just saying um, made me think just like kind of the, even the best thing about this is you can – like this is stuff that you would support even if you didn't get a thing. Mm-hmm. So you can support it and get a thing, which is yeah. even better. So yeah, huge uh thanks to all of the folks who are doing this really good work and um huge thanks to all of you who go seek these out and start donating whether it's a dollar a month or $5 a month or 20 or whatever you can afford. Um mm-hmm. That's that is how we help get uh, more nap rooms to more people who deserve them. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, I guess we'll close it out with some book recs. Yes. Let's talk about books. I'm so excited to talk about books. Yeah. And this was um, your suggestion for uh, this episode, which I and I really appreciated. It. it gave me a chance to think about something different. But I will let you actually introduce it because I think I will admit that my language around Ace and aromantic and gray sexuality is I I have been doing some Googling, but I'm still not sure I'm quite there. So I will let you do the introduction on this. Absolutely. Okay. So this um, collection of books that Trisha and I are going to talk about are all um, about or feature people who are on the Aerace um, spectrum um, or the gray spectrum. And I, t- I am still learning. I, I have been hearing about it maybe a little longer than Trisha, but I'm still making sure that I'm learning as much as I can about, um, the vocabulary and all of that. Um, but I've been reading books recently that have been featuring more and I don't know, um, if it's just because I've been picking up those books or if some of my favorite authors have started including that representation in their works, or maybe it's a combination. I don't know. Um, but I thought we would talk about some because I know that there are, um, people in the Twitterverse who w- would love to see 
to, who would love to discover some of this representation in romance. Um, and I th- thought that we could share some of the ones that we've seen or enjoyed. Um, my introduction to demigrasexualities was actually not in books. Um, some kind of way I managed to have two friends with the same name who were both, um, biromantic asexuals and sort of shifted into demisexuality in the years to come. And then I started seeing that like on the page and was like, Oh, okay. So, so I, you know, when, when, I was talking about it with these friends is when I started reading about it and learning about the breakdown where there's like the, the, your romanticism and your sexuality aren't always the same and all Mm -hmm. of that. And I was glad that I could bring that with me when I started picking that up in romance. Um, like the first book I think I read that was romance that included a character on the gray scale was, um, Hot Licks by A.M. Arthur, and it's the third book in a series about um, a rock band. And there's a an established couple, and one of them is demisexual, and uh, they introduce a third person into their relationship, um, in part because the sexual person in the relationship is attracted to the other person and all of this other stuff is happening. So it was an interesting introduction to a lot of things back in 2017, (laughs) which isn't that long ago. I was just going to say all the way back in 2017. Although (laughs) all the way back in 2017, you were still ahead of me because um, as I think I mentioned, the first book that I read uh, with a demisexual character was that kind of guy by Talia Hibbert, which uh, we've talked about now at least once or twice on the show. It just came out in the last few months. Um, mm-hmm. And for folks who are uh, like along with us still learning, uh, demisexual is um, a sexuality in which you are not sexually attracted to someone unless you also have an emotional attachment to them. I think that's right. Uh, if if anything that we say strikes you as not being correct, um, we are all learners in this great uh, big world. So please don't hesitate to send us a note. But anyway, um, and Talia Hibbert did, I thought, a really lovely job of – and I don't know what you think on this, Jess. My, I always think it's really helpful when an author kind of sneaks the definition of a thing or an explanation of a thing into mm-hmm. the book in a way that hopefully doesn't um, make people within a community, whether it's demisexual or asexual or aromantic uh, or whatever else, feel like this book is not for them, that it's for other mm-hmm. people, but that is actually helpful for the other people who are reading right who may not know and be trying to figure some things out yeah yeah and and that happened um in a book that i read really recently called shadows you left um by jude sierra and um taylor oh now i've forgotten the last name i i wrote down taylor vaughn but now i think it might be taylor brooke (laughs) um i will search it out and um, there was a scene in that book where um, one of the characters is like, you know, I'm demi-romantic. And uh, the person he's talking to is like, yeah, and I'm bisexual. What is, what's the point? And he's like, well, I'm having feelings. And, and so it's like that, that conversation sort of helps, helps solidify um, what the character's identity is and what the meaning of that identity is to the relationship that they're having. So that was, 
that was a really nice way to like pull all of that together yeah. while, just in a conversation without it having to be um, an info dump, which I know that there are people who don't like. I don't mind info dumps, but I yeah. know that there are people who prefer not to read them. Yeah. And you are, I think you were right. Taylor Brooke is the other author of yeah. Shadows You Left along with Jude Sierra. Um, and I, you know, I just started a book uh, within the last couple of days. So I will confess that I am not done yet. But there's a book called Perfect Rhythm by Jay. It's just spelled J-A-E. Uh, that has one of the characters is um, asexual. And she describes so Holly is the character who's asexual. And I'll describe the book in, in a second. But the way that she talks about it is, um, or the way that it's discussed in the book, um, it may actually be by a different asexual character, but they're talking about the way that you had to understand what your, she had to understand what her classmates were talking about when they were talking about someone being hot when she was 13. Mm-hmm. As a teenager, she knew that she didn't approach sexuality the same way, but she kind of figured out like what the metrics were for other people, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really interesting way too of kind of helping people to understand what um, asexuality might look like. So in that book, uh, Leo is the, is a big deal pop star. She like is selling out all these stadiums and she has to go back to her small hometown because her dad has a stroke. And Holly, who's the other main character is the home health nurse. Um, and who is, uh, like I said, she's asexual and she's, you know, can appreciate that Leo is an attractive person who many, uh, fans have thrown themselves at, but, um, you know, at, again, I'm not all the way through. I have a feeling, uh, something's going to come around one way or another. But one thing I will say about this book, because we're recommending books that we really like, not just because they are books that, you know, feature, um, characters of particular sexuality. And that one of the things that I think is great about Perfect Rhythm is that there's a lot of that, um, I love small town stuff, but also a lot of the recognition of why some people, uh, are hesitant about small towns, right? Like Leo never felt like she belonged in the small town and like she, you know, she felt like she was the subject of a lot of, um, ostracization because of her sexuality. And she's Mm -hmm. really hesitant to go back, even though her dad is sick. And so I think there's a lot of really interesting, um, you know, poking around at some of those stereotypes, um, and realities, frankly. Uh, and in addition, it's just a really lovely, delightful book so far. So I will keep everyone posted, but for now, check out Perfect Rhythm by Jay. Nice. Um, and speaking of, of lovely books and people who write lovely books and, um, the, another one that I really enjoyed, I think I might've talked about it on the podcast and, um, I've definitely talked about it in Kissing Books is Writing Her In by Holly Trent, um, which is actually, I'm not, I can't, I'm not certain what the representation is in this book because it's not clearly stated. But for the sake of this conversation, I am going to identify one of the characters as on the grayscale. Um, and writing her in features writer Stacia, who has a best-selling um, mystery series and um, Adrian, who is her cover model, who is very attracted to her um, and Adrian's wife, Dara, who 
is not attracted to Adrian. Um, she loves him very much, but they, she's not sexually attracted to her husband. But, you know, they're married and they love each other. So who needs that? Um, but Adrian has decided to um, reach out to Stacia, which is all fun and good. But Stacia finds Dara really attractive, and Dara, in turn, actually ends up being attracted to Stacia. So it could be that it's the book starts out, and we we aren't sure if Dara is asexual, but she could be demisexual as far as her developing attraction to Stacia, or she could be a lesbian and just did not know that because of her upbringing, um, and um, or beyond being a lesbian she could only be sexually attracted to women i'll put it that way um but really here it feels like even though it's not said that dara is demisexual and actually finds herself sexually attracted to stacia and that is a very complicated way of describing the relationships in this book but you should read it because it's great and delightful and hilarious um but also feely because that's what holly trent does she makes you laugh and then hurts you very much um but then she she makes up for it at the end (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, well, and I will just mention two others that um, I I know we've talked about at one point or another on the show. Um, I keep we keep talking about uh, folks who are in like bands or who are singers or whatever, and uh, <laughs> so there's no way that we can't mention um, Syncopation by Anne mm-hmm. Zabo, um, in which Ray is the band leader and lead singer who desperately needs a drummer, and the drummer ends up being the guy he had a big crush on in high school, Xavier. Um, it's a very steamy book, as we've talked about before. This whole Twisted Wishes series is such a great found family uh, romance – I'm sorry, romance series. And mm-hmm. uh, there's like a villainous manager. But um, the reason I'm mentioning it in this case is that Xavier is aromantic, um, which means that he doesn't have romantic feelings or inclinations toward anyone. He's not asexual. He still enjoys sex. Um, and there's actually a BDSM element uh, to this book as well. But um, it's a good example. It might be one of the first books that I read with a, a romantic – uh, lead. So that's a good one. And then I, it's been a while, but we've also talked about Thaw by Elise Springer, um, in which, uh, Abigail is, uh, a librarian. Abby is, um, you know, kind of looking for love happens upon a supermodel as one does. Um, <laughs> and they have a, you know, this lovely dance at this gala of some kind. Um, and it turns out that, um, Gabrielle is actually, uh, asexual. And I thought that one of the really lovely things about this book is the way that the, the two of them have multiple frank discussions about what that means and whether they, will still have sex if they pursue a relationship and um you know just it, it, i thought it was a a really frank and interesting conversation and way um to be able to kind of peek into a different kind of uh sexuality and what that means for a couple that is trying to pursue a romantic relationship so again that one is thaw by elise springer awesome what do you think anything else on your list jess I'm going to throw out one more, and it's funny because all the talk about Patreons made me think about it. Um, and it's actually the most recent book of these that I've read. Um, I just finished it um, a few days ago, and that's Play It Again by Aiden Wayne. Um, 
it f- features um, a blind YouTuber named David who got par- famous in part because when he was 18, he made a video about how nobody can- could pronounce his name. Um, and a, a guy that he discovers and marathons all of his play let's play videos i guess which i've never seen one of those before but apparently they're very popular um people just play through video games and narrate them huh um well all right (laughs) so that's if you if you're interested in those this is this is um quite the story and it's just a, a really 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 cute long distance relationship kind of tale and uh, uh sam when devin and sam actually meet in person um this is vaguely a spoiler but i don't believe in people's sexualities being spoilers so they they talk about having sex and sam's just like i i never really thought about it and devin's like are you asexual? And it's like, oh, there's a word for that. And that's that's the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And there is other discussion of it because David's twin sister is also asexual. Um, and they there's a real a lot of really good conversation about how to approach that um with people. And it's just like a really adorable book that I loved and want everyone to read. Um, so that's Play It Again by Aiden Wayne. And yeah, that's it. And it doesn't have to be it. If all of you have recommendations for us um, of folks who are, uh, or, you know, characters and books that you liked that feature folks who are on the uh, different places in the, the sexuality spectrum, we would love to hear about it. Absolutely. Um, we would also love to hear about uh, if there are Patreons uh, that you support or if you know how to pronounce Patreon. That would be great. <laughs> would be really helpful. I'm sure Trisha knew how to pronounce Patreon and uh, I confused her with oh, my no. how do you say it stuff. It's I Yeah, I feel like there's no re- – it's like GIF versus GIF. Nobody really has the answer. Um, I have so, the answer and it's GIF. I agree. I'm 100% with you. Uh, <laughs> okay. So yeah, you feel free to let us know if you're wrong, if we're wrong about that too, but we won't believe you on that one. Um, <laughs> and yeah, if you uh, have other places, if you know, if there are things that we mispronounced or things that we misspoke about, don't ever hesitate to let us know. Uh, you Absolutely. can find me on Twitter at Trisha Haley Brown with no O, on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown with a no. Um, or again, if you are uh, a person who has generally engaged with us in the comments, I am at Trisha, T-R-I-S-H-A, at riotnewmedia.com. Com, right? yes. yes. Okay, yes. I was like, <laughs> it's not org, is it? Anyways, but anyway, all three of those will be in the show notes. Uh, Jess, where will people find you? You can find me at Jess's Reading on Twitter, all one word. Jess underscore is underscore reading on Instagram. And because there are so many of us at <laughs> Riot yeah. New Media, you can find me at Jessica at riotnewmedia.com because Jess was already taken. <laughs> and do please still continue to engage with us. We really do enjoy it. And we would be happy to hear from any and all of you. Absolutely. And in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. So long. So long.